Hey everyone, and welcome to the final episode of season two. I am really excited because I'm going to cap off the end of season two, focusing with one of my original heroes, Sunny Brown. I found of her through an article when I was looking at graphic facilitation, graphic recording, and she had an article called uh, The Miseducation of the Doodle, and I got obsessed with it. And I'm really happy to kind of focus on Sunny as my cat because one, we're going to talk a little bit about doodling and graphic facilitation, of course, and that's kind of the bread and butter of what we're known for. But I really wanted to focus on the part where Sunny has become really about kind of getting to that deeper level. And I don't know where this interview is going to go, but let's get into it. Well, I appreciate you, one, for taking a little time and, and two, agreeing to somewhat get this recorded. And I'd like to do a podcast because I, I think this conversation might be important to a lot of the listeners and really important to me. And I would start with just first off, like, I think one, uh, you are my hero. I think I would add you in my top five most influential people. It started with reading uh, The Miseducation of the Doodle, so the article nice. back in 2011. A list apart. Yeah. A list apart. That's right. Very old school. And I, oh. I read the article. I sent you a note saying, hey, I think this is going to change my life. And I think 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago, you wrote back saying, welcome to the wacky world of doodling. And here I am 10 I years later. So. <laughs> I love this. I love this story. And of course, I've noticed you over the years, but we haven't ever got to connect in a meaningful Not way. At all. And I, I keep myself really busy. And th- I think that's one of my Achilles heels is that I can't, I'm not as available as I would like to be for people, but I notice them and I pay attention uh, and I see like, oh, they're up to stuff. So, but they don't know that I am doing that. Yeah. You know? well, and you're well, one of those people. That is, that is amazing. Well, I just finished uh, recording with Mike Brody. I did one with Tim, Tim May from X Plane and a number of people in Everyone's like, okay, you got to figure out what's up with Sunny. We want to figure out what's going on with Sunny. <laughs> and I'm going to end the season. This is, I'm doing air quote season two for this podcast. And it's ending with you oh, because cool. um, Amazing. We, we can talk about dueling. And of course, and I think that's kind of your shtick. But what I really want to just get into is my, I have a theory is that people, as they go into any practice, in your case, it could be doodling, graphic facilitation. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you get to the point where you really get really deep in something. Mm. And I, what I suspect is you are starting to get really deep and very spiritual in kind of your practice. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say, what's up? Like, where are you going with deep self-design? <laughs> oh, thanks for knowing that it exists. Because I did launch it in right when the pandemic hit. So March 26 was our first workshop. And it's called the Center for Deep Self-Design. And it was like a natural evolutionary process of, you know, being a graphic recorder, then a, a game stormer and a graphic facilitator, and then also being a human being and having my own frailties and vulnerabilities and challenges from early life and from not really knowing how to become present to my own self. And so that, so in the background, when I was doing like writing and speaking, all this stuff, I was doing a really intense, a lot of really intense therapy and also a lot of really intense Zen practice. So I've been a Zen student for uh, 13 years and that, that's, that was like in the background. And then basically it became the foreground for me because it was, uh, it's more powerful and more transformative and more valuable than anything else that I do, but I needed it to be, I, you know, I'm a, an entrepreneur. So I was like, well, how do I make it valuable for others? And it's still being defined, you know? But what's crazy, Daniel, is that I had like on the website, it's a center for deep self-design. It was going to be a contemplative creative space for people to come and do all these great workshops using all the tools that we all know and love. And then COVID. So (laughs) 
like ta-da that is the theme for everything covid right I know. <laughs> like boom like yeah funny for your plans kind of like that so i've pivoted and you know whatever adapted so, so uh, i mean let, let's let's talk about that a little bit because i, I think I, I started my business in in january 2020 and then uh-huh. also covid right so a bunch of contracts oh, that completely and rethought everything but my conversation wow. with mike Rody at the end we were talking about you know why do you sketch note why do you write on paper and mm-hmm. there's something unique about touching something physical right yes. right now everyone's rushing to make everything digital forever but i think that's yeah. not sustainable i think eventually mm-hmm. we do want to get back to feeling our mm-hmm. bodies feeling ourselves being connected mm-hmm. to everything and so mm-hmm. he recommended a book i'm reading right now called uh, revenge of the analog and so i think your center nice. is is still like i think it is i hope you keep it up and i hope you're able to kind of keep it running because eventually yeah. we want to get back to that where we're connected in physical presence and not just always on the screen Totally. And and I think that when I entertain the ideas about it, like I was grateful for the demands of the universe that everybody stop what they're doing and focus and learn something. I'm, I don't like tumultuousness always has a lot of gifts in it. But yeah, I, I do intend and I'm like, for the love of God, please, can we have people come back together? Because that those, you know, facilitators, we're, we're on site in, in like 3D and we like multi-sensory experiences and we like group uh, dynamics and stuff, which, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of practice online, virtual facilitation practice, and there's still a lot of great stuff you can do. But to your point, it's it's a different experience. And I'm, I have definitely have aspirations for keeping the center available for people whenever we can be, have a vaccine or whatever. <laughs> Where are you? I am uh, physically located in Vashon Island right now. I split my time between Vashon Island and Washington State and uh, Seattle, Washington. Ah, uh, that sounds amazing. And so for for the listeners, behind my window here is I'm looking out literally into the forest. And so behind my backyard is the forest. And what's amazing with this work from home setup here is I'm up in a balcony here, but I can walk outside, go on a walk, and then just sit in the forest. And I think the Japanese have this concept of forest bathing. Forest bathing. Exactly. I have that book. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. It's incredible. So uh, good. And so tell me about your Zen practice, because I, I did about a year of Zen practice. I stopped uh-huh. because the reason I, uh, and then we, you and I were talking about therapy, like I went to therapy because there were some deep underlying things I yeah. needed to work out first. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm finally at the point where I'm ready to get back into it, because I think I, I kind of yeah. jumped the gun, right, for where, yeah. where I went straight That's to great- Zen. And it mm-hmm. was just, I, I hadn't fixed all the things or that were not working for myself yeah. or so. That's a really interesting experience that you had because that's not uncommon. Like when you, when you, cause when you get still, which is in the center of the core of them, at least Soto Zen is Zazen, which is sitting still and seeing, witnessing your own mind. And that can be very disruptive. And it's, that's why most people avoid it like the plague. because <laughs> I don't want to know all that stuff. So it's really interesting that you, that you first entered that way and then recognized there was other different kind of work you need to do because in our Zendo in Austin, it was founded by a clinical psychologist and, and a professor of rhetoric. So our meditation practice was infused with therapeutic practices. So when you would be confronted with like really difficult content, there was, a, they were, training us and how to meet that therapeutically. So it was very safe in that way, but I could definitely see it being not safe and really disruptive and difficult. So that's amazing. So, but did you, was there anything you liked about it that made you think that you would go back? I I initially started with Zen as just a, I was trying to find the magic pill in life, right? And I needed Mm -hmm. to find air quote mindfulness. I needed to connect with myself. And Mm -hmm. as I was doing it, it was great. It was fantastic. It was a great practice and and a really great group here up in Seattle. But I was sitting, I could not get myself to focus and getting really, really personal. 
through therapy, I discovered I had some hidden trauma uh, from mm-hmm. my past that I didn't even, wasn't even aware of. And so it oh, caused wow. an, an enormous amount of anxiety that just kept mm-hmm. ruminating over there. Eventually, oh. now I'm finally at the point where I, I finally got it to quiet and silence down. And mm-hmm. so, which is amazing for just mm-hmm. to be completely transformative. Like I went from just in a complete state of anxiety to mm-hmm. now finding kind of that peace. And now I'm excited to pick up that practice again because I feel like Beautiful. now I can actually begin. Wow. That, do you know what kind of modality your therapist uses? I did. I did. It's called EDMR. I, I, EMDR. EMDR. Oh, so you actually were doing trauma. Which, yes. Yeah. Because I've I've had that too. Mm-hmm. I had nightmares oh my for gosh. like 15 years, yeah. like hardcore, crazy, terrifying nightmares. And I only two sessions of EMDR and I, have, I haven't had a nightmare since. And so it's like weird because you just live with it. You think it's like normal. And then you're, and then you realize that it's not normal and you don't have to live with it. And you, there's treatment for yes. that. And like, <laughs> I'm like, I swear by it, you know? And I, I love that this conversation starts with about doodling. And a lot of people are probably coming to my podcast around just oh, right. my visual practice. <laughs> and this is, yeah. and, and this is where my hypothesis is going. Is like, I think as you get into a certain practice, you get really deep into it. any practice you're doing. It could be whether visual, it could be construction, it could be mm-hmm. carpentry. You get yeah. to a point where it becomes very, very spiritual. Right? And I think mm-hmm. the Japanese really got this down, right? They, they, they pick something mm-hmm. and they get really, really deep into it. Yeah. Um, and, and for the listeners, like for me, like I am just a big proponent of, of therapy. I, I did EDMR, like mm-hmm. which uh, I can't pronounce that anymore. It's like an eye movement, EMDR. There we go. Yeah. It's an awkward acronym. It is a very awkward yeah. acronym, but yeah. It works, and I think like you, when you actually work on yourself, you can now change the world. And and I've always just That's been—I right. run around. I used to run around just criticizing people. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. And when I finally mm-hmm. stopped and I said, "What am I doing? Like how what how am I entering the world? How am I entering the space? How uh-huh. am I going to work on myself first? Was when things yes. were starting to work. Yeah, we call we call that the backward step. So it's like because what we all do is sort of impulsively run around, just living out our invisible conditioning. We're not, we don't even pause to look at it. So when in Zen, you take the backward step, meaning that you ask yourself those questions like, wait, what, what am I contributing to this situation? And that exploration is is so powerful and so liberating. It's actually really liberating because then you get choice about how you conduct yourself. And that from that place, you can be more impactful anyway, you know? So, so you, you have this physical place. It's over in, in Austin. It's an in actual Austin. center. It, it looks like a yeah. really old house or. Oh, it's a hundred years old. That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. It turned a hundred this year. I know it, it has such good juju, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, it was, it was fascinating to like, I remember Daniel, I had bought all the, a bunch of furniture for the training spaces and stuff. And at one point I said to my husband, I said, wouldn't it be funny if I buy all this furniture and like something happens and we don't get to use it. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even think of things like that. I'm not like a catastrophizer a a lot. And I said that and it it just, it's like sitting down there in the basement on, you know, wrapped in plastic and unused, ready to have somebody and it's, you know. (laughs) So the the worst case possible scenario actually happened. The one in a hundred year event. Isn't that funny? The exact year that you decided to open this up. Unbelievable. And you know, what's crazy though. I started my last business in 2008 during the dot-com boom. So or burst. So I was like, Oh, clearly I have phenomenal timing with my, (laughs) with my business ventures. (laughs) So one of the business partners I'm working with right now, uh, we're doing a partnership on a project and she started her business and she was diagnosed with cancer. And so she said, you know, Daniel, it's like, it's the same kind of thing. Like you're going through some horrific moments, worked through COVID you get through it. And yeah. I think she just has enough experience in life that she's like, 
you know, it, these little things are blips when we look yeah. at the long game. And so I, I hope yeah. this is going through for both of us. But. So you're, how has it been for you starting? You said you started in January. So in January, I think I, I did my first official graphic facilitation project on my own, under my own umbrella, not part of another company. So, and, and I think this is where you and I connected back and said, hey, I just want to thank you. Like you inspired me so much. I finally got to a point where I'm doing it. And then I'm shifting around a little bit, playing around with different partnerships and, and for the most part, just trying to find ways to pay the bill, right? At, at this point, at this point in COVID right now, whatever it takes, right? Like just, I just need to get through this and eventually get back into some form of normalcy again. But yeah, as, as we're starting to wrap up this podcast, what I'd like to learn and dig a little bit further is uh, deep self-design. What is it? You're writing a book and really what I'm, I guess, less so about book promotions and your business promotion, but more about how did you, why did you go down this path? Like what, what took you down this path? You went from, she's the visual alphabet person, game storming. So, you know, it's a very, like, this is very scratch the surface stuff. And now you are completely into a spiritual zone. Yeah. I think that the like common thread is that I've always liked tools and methods and practices that help you inquire into the world. So, so, so it was natural for me to like get interested in visual thinking because it's an exploratory process. And then game storming is like a really robust multi-sensory exploratory process. And so it was, it's, it sounds silly to compare like Zen practice or some kind of internal family systems as my therapeutic training, but they're all tools for inquiry. And so you can inquire externally or you can inquire internally. So for me, it was a natural pivot like, oh, I love to explore. I always have curiosity. So it's just a question of where you're putting that spotlight of your awareness. And I put it internally because I needed to for life so I could survive life and, and do it differently. And so it was, it, was, it was a surprise that I turned in that direction, but it also made a lot of sense given the circumstances. I think entrepreneurs often have uh, fall apart moments. You know, I'm pretty confident. It's like not to scare you or anything, <laughs> but it's an intense way of being. So that was one contributing factor. But also I was just inspired by people that I knew that had some kind of wisdom and some kind of compassion that was available to them. And I was really curious about how they develop that, how they cultivate that. You know, like this culture is not particularly focused on <laughs> compassion or care for others. And I am, you know. So it was like a confluence of, of variables. And I want to I have to say, I, I, the reason I'm interested in talking to you, because I, I am heading down in that exact path, because graphic facilitation, graphic recording, for me, like that's just the wacky stuff that someone runs up and it's like, oh, I want to buy that. I don't know why I'm buying that, but it just looks interesting. That's right. But yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. come make my meeting more interesting? But as I get into that meeting, what I'm realizing is the impact is less yeah. so on the visual, but it's like connecting with people in there and then working on stuff that they didn't know they had problems. Yeah. And really diving into almost organizational therapy, getting people uh -huh. to work together, to talk together totally. a little bit more. And it just changes the work. And eventually, you know, when George Foley hit earlier this year, I completely did a complete pivot. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is now the intersection. This is almost the moment in time mm -hmm. where we can rise up and do something even greater and mm -hmm. better, right? Mm -hmm. We really need to start changing society completely, right? So, yeah. But, and that's what, that's the the benefit of tragedy is that it, it forces people to ask questions and to do things that they would never have done before. And it makes people uncomfortable. And that, that is, that is how things change. You know, when everything's fine, everybody kind of walks around asleep and just eats muffins and watches, binge watches TV or whatever, like we, you know? So when, so unfortunately humans are, we are, we're motivated to change when something breaks down and that's the gift of the breaking down. 
you know, even and, though nobody wants it, it actually can be really good. And so for me, I think at this moment in time is probably one of the greatest transitions, I think, in our, in our history, right? That might be too bold of a statement, but I think we are at some sort of inflection point mm-hmm. within our society and trying to figure out where, who we are. We're trying to grow up, you know, we're only mm-hmm. 400 years and we're trying to grow up and figure out, you know, who are we as a country and what we're going to become. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because I think I want to get into this this work, right? You know, what you're doing is really transformative. Getting out of just this divisive, horrific, attacking, it's just immature, yeah. right? Like yeah, how do we exactly. start maturing society? That's the word. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I'd like to just get to a point where I think we are now transcending above ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it started for me personally, was just working on myself. If I can work on myself, if I can transcend myself beyond just this automaton of running around reacting to things. Yeah. And being a part of the entire system now, like Mm -hmm. connecting myself a little bit deeper. That's the work I want to do. That's where I want to eventually head. Well, that's beautiful that you know that. And you're really clear about that because I think for, because from that road, getting there for me was like a longer process. Like I was doing visual thinking and game storming for, you know, 12 years and then eventually started my other business. But for you, you may deep dive into that faster than you think. Because to your point, it's like time, it's a time and a space for that. But also you're, you seem to have a passion for it. So it will find you when, as you express that, it will start to, the road will start to rise to meet you in that way. And there's incredible people like yourself who've made this long, tough journey ahead and inspired people like me saying, Hey, like, you know, maybe I can just skip several steps and go straight to where (laughs) the study's there. I'm going to run there and get there sooner. Like why, why wait, why go through all these steps? Cause I want to get straight to it. Yeah, totally. And like you can, and that's like, that's completely available and possible for you. So that'll be really interesting how you, how you pivot and how you adapt it to what you have learned and what, how you make yourself useful in that way. So that's another thing we can totally ideate about um, offline. Cause that's what I said to you on LinkedIn. I was like, I want to support you. I don't know how, but I I would like to in some way. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you are so clear about that you care about that. And I, I think that that's, you know, the lesson learned for everyone listening here is what I've learned in life is just being clear with your intentions, being clear with what you want. And when you know that, then you can start pursuing that. So Sunny, I, I just want, I wanted to thank you for helping me close out this incredible season. You are really kind of really getting this entire thing all wrapped together. Because for the most part, most of my podcasts have been just around the more surface level stuff, the fancy graphics, the sketch noting, the things that look very fancy. But I think as I approach into the next season, as I approach into the next phase of my business and life, I really want to start getting deep. And this- you know who you should talk to next yes. is uh, God. What is her name? I love her so much. She has taken graphic facilitation in a very d- Kelby. deep way. Kelby Bird. Kelby, have you yes. ever interviewed? Generative scribing. Yeah, generative scribing. That's right. Oh, oh. So you've already talked to her? No, I, I have her book, and I, I read the book. And oh, great. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And also Patty Dobrovolsky. Oh my so, gosh. Because I do think to your point, mm-hmm. which you've been illustrating is like when, when you go into some mass level of mastery or craftsmanship, craftspersonship, you do find the, the depth of practice that, and it kind of takes you on a, a journey. And so there are many people that have experienced that through this portal of this doorway of visual thinking. Like it surprises you. It doesn't go where you think it's going to go all the time, but it definitely has depth. You know? Well, sweet. I'm going to end the podcast here, but I want to talk to you the offline side of it because yeah, I think yeah. that's that's where we'll do some secret meeting on this side. All right, everyone, that is a wrap. I've been really excited to get this season out because it has a range of incredible people. I really enjoyed talking to Pam, my friend, book publisher, 
and just all around just a really good person who's been a supporter with this business throughout the, my journey. I talked to Tim May from X-Plane and really learned a lot. I really enjoyed that conversation. And it was really nice to catch up with my brother. Um, he's really busy. We're busy and we never get to catch up. And the last time I met with him, he was traveling and we ended up meeting over in France because that was the only way we had got together. And so I felt like it was really hard to kind of keep in touch, but creating a podcast is a way to stay in touch. I enjoyed and really, really enjoyed talking to Mike Rohde and learned a lot from him. And he's just all around just a really cool down to earth guy. He's a normal guy who's been wildly successful in this sketchnoting world. And of course, I ended this episode with a really good, I'd call my mentor friend and someone I've just been following for a long time, Sunny Brown. She was incredibly awesome. I apologize for the audio quality as we were doing the recording. I was remote and you know, we were all running around. It was late in the afternoon, but it was an incredible conversation and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. The whole theme of season two is really bringing people who are change makers, people who can help make sense of things. And as I come in at season three, I'm starting to draft what that story word looks like. And I'm drafting... How do we really start making sense of the world? 2020 has become a complete nightmare. How do we turn it around? And how do we make it into the dream that we want it to be? And I'm going to list you, my listeners. I'm going to list all the experts I'm bringing on the show. I'm challenging myself for us to come out there and tell the story we want to hear. So again, subscribe, give me a like, join me on social media. Reach out, ask questions. I'd love to have you on the show. So if you're interested in joining for season three, I'm trying to get as many voices as possible and doing a little bit more narration work. And so it'd be really awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for listening.